Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hoopballers! Welcome back to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. It is Wednesday, August 26th. Happy hump day to everybody. We got a great show for you today. I'm excited and you should be too because we have a fantastic guest on the show today. He is the host of a numbers game on VEASAN, Vegas Stats and Information Network on Sirius XM Radio. He is the host of the podcast, Beating the Book. He is my mishpacha from another mother, Gil (laughs) Alexander. Gil, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little NBA with you, a little maybe some tennis, uh, maybe some NHL. We got a lot going on today. Um, But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsors over at Manscaped.com. They got the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 and their water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower because, hey, where else are we going to do it, right? Let's go to Manscaped.com. Go pick one up. I love mine and so should you. Type in the promo code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. Once again, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. So, Gil, uh, I want to talk to you about some NBA. Let's kick off the show this way. I know, uh, you know, for everyone who's familiar with your show on VEASAN, you're a big proponent of not betting NBA preflop. I love to have an opinion pre-flop and then watch the game and come away with a better number in game. I know you do too. Do you have any opinion on this early game here in the NBA bubble, Milwaukee Bucks, Orlando Magic? The Bucks are laying 14 right now. Over-unders 227, minus 110 to both sides. Any thoughts here for you on this one? Uh no, I mean, you characterize how I approach NBA preflop against the spread pretty accurately. I just feel like of all the sports, it is the one that is the craziest to bet prior to a game. And you said it, you will, you will more often than not find a point in the game where your line will be better than whatever your preflop conviction line would be. So a game like this uh, otherwise, though, a game like this today – between Milwaukee and Orlando, which is a, you know, a potential elimination game and probably a probable elimination game. It's a 14 point spread. I really don't. It's one of these where I'm just like, you know what? I could see Milwaukee destroying them. 14 still a lot of points. So I'm not so sure I would want to, I would want to not, you know, I want to lay the 14 at the same time. I feel a little differently about the second game today that's a 14-point spread because I think the Blazers, even without Dane Lillard, 
probably put out a good effort. At least I'm more confident in them putting out a better effort than I do the, the Orlando Magic. So as far as the two large spread games, I do have a bit of conviction on the Blazers to cover. If you're giving me two touchdowns on the Blazers, that's something I might be interested in. But even with that still, I'll wait to see how the game flow goes. And if there's a moment there where I feel like I can get even more points on the Blazers, I'll grab that. Um, but the NBA preflop, unlike baseball, unlike tennis, unlike even football, to me, so many of these games come down to the final possession. And I like to say it's just a Plinko chip, the old Price is Right game. If you're betting things where the outcome often comes down to a final possession, you're probably not betting the right things. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, when, when you're sports betting, you know, this is just kind of what my thoughts are from doing it for so long. You know, I'm 33 years old now. And, uh, you know, don't tell my mom, but I started probably betting on sports when I was around 14, 15 years old. So I'm very familiar with bad her right now. Yeah. Right yeah. So I'm very familiar with bad beats. And I always wonder how the point spread gets so close and comes down to such a small, you know, such a small margin of victory you know, the, the amount of possessions and the number is usually pretty accurate unless it's a complete blowout. So I'm with you here. Um, you know, two touchdowns with the Bucks, two touchdowns with the uh, Trailblazers. You know, the Bucks game is going to be a little bit more difficult, I think, to handicap just because they could just annihilate them and come out and just show everybody that they're, they mean business going into round number two. Um, but yeah, there's a there's an actually an interesting game here, Gil. I wanted to discuss with you, and that's the, the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Houston Rockets. Rockets are laying four right now. Over under is set at two twenty five. You know this series is very interesting to me. I you know me and Dan on the other day before game number four, we discussed how you know we both bet you know, the number, but we also, you know, I grew up playing basketball. I played varsity basketball in high school and, you know, I have a, I think I have a good eye test for how the game's flowing and, you know, kind of can see it. Right. So if I feel like I'm getting a good number plus, I feel like my team is getting good opportunities at the rim. However, they're just not falling in the first half or first quarter, second quarter, things like that, you know, maybe a good opportunity, but we were both, you know, we both said we really liked Houston uh, for game four and, we were going to bet it in game. Now I did execute on my plan. I was incorrect on what happened there. And I cannot believe it because Houston was up, I believe what 13 or 14 points midway through the third quarter. And they somehow decide to blow the game and give it to the thunder here. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been upgraded to a game time decision for tonight. And the spread has gone to four here for the Rockets. Uh, do you have any opinion on this game? I just, I, I personally don't really see how the Rockets should even be struggling against this Thunder team, but this Thunder team is very feisty. You know, Shai Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, Gallinari, Dortz. I mean, they got some good pieces, but you think that, you know, the Rockets like to go out to these big leads and then just kind of give it away. What, what do you got to say about this one here? Uh, first of all, I like how you took Shai Gilgis, Alexander, no relation, by the way, and uh, made it into the uh, Hebrew pronunciation of Shai, which means a gift. I yeah, appreciate it, it. it's hard for me when I hear, see a name or hear a name like that not to go back to my roots. Right. No, I understand. Um, I, I listen. I think the Houston Rockets are the better basketball team. They're a high variance three point shooting team, and so with that, you get all kinds of results. And that game four, 
was one of the weirdest things ever because it was a, a few games in one. Houston came out in the second half. They hit eight consecutive threes, and then they could not hit a three to save their lives. And, you know, we were talking earlier today on the show about who, who would the Lakers rather see. And I don't think there's any question they'd rather see the Thunder. Um, that's without a doubt because Houston in any particular basketball game is live because of the way they play the game. And by the way, you know, like famously in the, in the uh, Western Conference Championship against the, uh, against the Warriors, the Western Conference playoffs, uh, they missed 27 threes in a row at one point. So, I mean, they're feast or famine, live or die by the three. I mean, whatever cliche you want to use. So I do have pre-flop conviction on the Rockets, but just like we were talking about before, it doesn't make me race to bet them before the game starts. I would much rather, and you have to be willing to, when you take this approach, you have to be willing to, you know, to accept that if the Rockets start out with a bang and go up 20 to nothing, you may never get the bet you want. And so you'll just have to sit out this game. But I am willing to be patient with something like this. I would love to see, personally from a betting standpoint, I would love to see OKC go up in this game. Uh, the later, the better, although not too late, obviously. The later, the better. Uh, the more, the margin, the better. And then get a price on the Rockets that I could have never gotten before the game started. That's the only way I would bet this score, uh, bet this game. The only way. Yeah, and I can totally relate to how the Houston Rockets play basketball. I may not agree with it, but I can totally relate because I was a shooting guard in high school, and I guess still am, but, you know, I don't play for anybody. But I live and die by the three. I'm like, just give me the rock, and I'll jack it up. You know, I'm just – I don't want to drive to the basket. I'm not trying to get hurt. I just want to shoot, shoot the ball. So I totally understand their style of basketball, and I totally couldn't agree with you more. I'd rather – OKC jump out to a nice little lead in the third quarter where we're getting a good number on the Rockets coming back in the live wagering. And, you know, not only that, it, it, you know, we did talk about that on the podcast the other day. Like if you have a strategy going into the game and it's just not there, you don't have to force anything. You know, it just, you got more games to bet on, you know, this, you just got to let it go. Don't chase, don't put money on a, a number that's worse or a number, you know, it just didn't come to fruition for you. So, you know, just don't chase, don't waste your bankroll on silly bets, right? If you have a strategy, I want to get the Rockets at pick or better or minus one or better, whatever that number is to you. And if you, if you get it, great. But you have to understand that if you don't get it, if it's not there, you just kind of got to pass and move on to the next one. Yep, I agree. Now, Gil, I'm interested to hear your opinion on the Trailblazers game tonight. The Trailblazers right now, I'm seeing 13.5 offshore right now. 222.5 is the total here. You know, got a lot of scores on this Portland team, even without Dame, even without Dame time in the game. But I'm curious to know after a performance, you know, and I was on, I liked the Blazers last game. So I was. I was shocked as anything, but you know, coming back to the end game, I bet them plus 26 and a half plus 27 and a half plus 24 and a half. So I made some good money on the Blazers uh, in game when they were down big, you know, so that's another opportunity, but give me your reasons. I, I'm still trying to make a case here after seeing what an awful performance that they put on the other night. Give me, give me a couple of reasons as to why you kind of are leaning Portland here for two touchdowns. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what I bet already. I did bet the under 
in this game when it was at 225? What are you seeing right now? 222 and a half. So they're moving with your number. Yeah, so not quite as fun. But if you understand sort of my thinking, you know, this the pace of this series has been much slower than I thought it would be. Um, and so I took it on the chin betting the over in game one, for instance. Um, but if you're giving me 14 points, and I already have conviction now on the under, you can understand that's sort of correlated. Um, it's sort of a math thing where it's like, okay, well, if I think the fewer points I feel are going to be scored, the more value there becomes with catching 14 points on a side. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So that's really where that comes from. And I, I do think, you know, they don't have Damian Lillard again. I do think, though, that the, uh, that the Blazers have enough guns there to keep it within 14. But my, my biggest conviction on this game is actually the under. Um, and, again, same thing applies for the total. And, again, I know I'm, I'm breaking sort of my rule here of betting something uh, before the game starts. But the same sort of conviction applies if you don't want to bet the total before the game starts, pre-flop. Um, wait for a pace that jibes with your pre-flop conviction. So in my case, let's say, you, let's say you agree with what I'm saying. You're like, oh, man, I wish I had gotten the 225 you got. Well, okay, 220, 222.5 is where it is right now. Well, if they start out like gangbusters, you can still get that 225 very shortly uh, after the game starts. So I think – you know, that's where my 14 comes in. I just like the correlation of that. It's sort of like a football game. We talk about this during football season a exactly lot. Exactly what I was just about to ask you. Yep. Yeah, if you, have a, if you have a total of, let's say, I'll just use an extreme example. If you have a total of, like, 38, and a team is favored by two touchdowns, well, I mean, the, the, underdog, the underdog and the under are very correlated right there in the same sort of way. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I love that strategy in the NFL season. Uh, to- totally on board with that one. Um, Gil, let's, uh, let's talk a little, little tennis here. Let's do it. I know you're a big tennis guy. We got the uh, ATP Cincinnati going on. Uh, you know, I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, of the, uh, of the VEASAN show numbers game. Uh, we we got, we had a little bit of a rough week last week with some 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 of the stuff you know that oh. we, that I was listening to. Bill Teichman killed us. Killed killed us killed us. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, any any thoughts here today with some matches that you like? Any leans or strong opinions on some of the upcoming matches today, both either in women's or men's uh, side? Yeah, I mean, I should say since Jill Teichman last week, we've been pretty pretty darn good this week in tennis. Back to. The, the earth has returned to its axis, Ira. Absolutely. Uh, so yesterday we went on a dog with Riley Opelka, had the over in uh, games played in the first set between Tsitsipas and Isner. Today I'm on Milos Raonic in his match. Um, Milos Raonic is playing uh, Krajinovic. Don't hold me to that pronunciation. Um, Filip Krajinovic. I believe he's minus 170. Yeah, I got it at a little bit better than that last night, but that's still playable at minus 170. What I was telling people on the show on a numbers game at Beeson this morning was that if you don't like laying the minus 170, you're like, oh, well, Gil, I'd like to parlay that with something else. Uh, on Jabour, on the uh, ladies' side, would be my, uh, my pick to match Milos Raonic with. I think on Jabour, who's, who's 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Taking on, uh, is it uh, Azarenka, I believe? She's um, taking on, yeah, Azarenka, exactly. Yeah, I think that uh, Jabor is the play. You have to forgive me. Uh, I've, I've just done two hours of radio, so I'm trying to remember who's playing who. But it's, it's, those are, that's what I've bet. I bet Raonic and Jabour. Those are my only tennis plays for today. I was really betting a lot of tennis the last couple of days, but now that those fields have dwindled in Cincinnati, those are my only two plays for the day. But I will say this to your uh, audience: you know, I know tennis is not a uh, super duper popular sport like football and basketball and such in this country. But if you, if I could sort of impart anything to new betters, and your buddy uh, Dan Vespers would agree with this, find a sport. Um, like tennis, like golf, like UFC, something that is a smaller market, you will have much more success betting those than you will in something as market efficient as NFL lines, for instance. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that hockey is a little less efficient than NBA and, and, uh, and NFL. So I kind of like to dig, dig deep into hockey. But I totally agree with you. Uh, I've gotten into tennis over the last couple years. I uh, really love tennis now. I actually, the way I got into tennis was I was actually in Vegas. I was actually in Vegas, and I, I had uh, Naomi Osaka to beat Serena Williams. And I, I think it was like three to one or something. And that's how I kind of got into tennis betting. It was so exhilarating to me that I took this three to one dog and tennis watching a tennis game and sweating a tennis game is so much fun. Like every point really, really counts. Um, I do have a question for you in regards to live betting tennis. Are there any opportunities if you like a side, a big favorite and they lose the first set, is there really any opportunity there in women's tennis to come back and bet the bet that side that you like that as a, as a heavy favorite? Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it's the same theory as everything we talked about in basketball and in football. Um, you know, again, I still think basketball is the best application of that strategy of like, all right, well, you know, because in the other sports, you're still going to bet them before the event actually starts. Basketball, I would just suggest just wait for in game, period. Um, but tennis, sure. Like, if I have. Now, you know, a lot of this has the caveat. There's nothing here that's sacred. There's nothing here that's like a blanket statement where you're like, yes, in the event that this player goes up this and wins the first set, you should absolutely bet the other side. All of this is about the actual players involved, the matchups involved, and really the more you can watch the match, the better off you'll be. So, for instance, yesterday, let's take an example of uh, Serena Williams. 
Serena Williams, if you, if you thought Serena Williams and if you bet Serena Williams before that match started uh, against Maria Sakari of Greece, and then you saw that match go deep and, and, and then end up in a third set, there was no way if you were watching that, by the way, forgive me the camera, I hope you can just hear me okay. There was no way if you were watching that match that would have led you to be confident in Serena. And sure enough, she really melted down in a bad way. So, you know, it's not always. Like, you have to really be honest with yourself and say, well, you know, I was probably wrong. And so, you know, I don't want to be wrong twice. Um, but, yes, are there opportunities? Absolutely. You just have to pick your spots. Perfect, perfect. And before we let you go, just want to break down the two NHL games tonight. Um, I'm a big NHL guy. I love the sport. I love watching it. I, I can't get enough of it. We got a really good we got a really good game to kick us off today is the New York Islanders against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Islanders is playing really good hockey right now. Uh, beat the Flyers the other day four to zero. Carter Hart had to be pulled. I really like the Philadelphia Flyers to come back today. I think that they kind of got they, – they played the Islanders game the other day, and the Islanders really took it to them. The Islanders were – you know, they are playing the game against the boards. They were physical. Uh, they were efficient with their goal scoring. I think that today you got to look at the Flyers. I think the Flyers are probably, like, one of the most underrated teams in this, in this uh, bubble. Uh, a lot of people are not super high on them. And – I beg to differ. I think they're a really, really good hockey team. Their goaltending is fantastic. And I really like the side of the Flyers tonight, uh, today. Uh, do you have any opinion on any hockey today, Gil? Um, you know, you're prob- you probably, Iron, are you probably know hockey better than I do when it comes to deep dive analysis of it. I can only tell you what my hockey analytics guy has passed on. And... I can tell you what he's been, he's been really super successful in the playoffs, but his general opinions about these teams that are playing today, one, he was not as high as others were on the Flyers entering the bubble. So the Flyers were the hottest team in all of hockey, really from January 8th on uh, until the sport was stopped due to the pandemic. He was not as high on the Flyers, though, as people who – who really bought into that run for the Flyers, nor was he as high on the Flyers after they ended up with a number one seed after the seeding games, after the uh, round robin. But he is of the thinking here today that if the price on the Flyers got down to about minus 110, he would bet the Flyers. I think I'm remembering that correctly from the show this morning. Yeah, and that's... Uh, You're right, the Islanders... Sorry, go ahead, Gil. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I was going to say, and that's what it comes down to today for me is, is it going to be a slugfest? Probably. But I think that the Flyers at this price, it's so hard to not bet the Flyers today at, at minus 110, which is where the current line is. That's kind of where I was yeah. at. I, I think the Islanders are fantastic. I made a lot of money with them in round one. But uh, if you're giving me the Flyers at, at, at minus 110, I think I just got to bet them. Gil, you still with me? Yeah, you you two are going on that. You you two are in agreement there. I I uh, you know as far as the other games concerned, the or the game that was lined, I didn't see a line for the Boston Tampa Bay game. He 
obviously not enough at one game apiece after Tampa Bay won in overtime yesterday. Um, so you'll be able to tell me what the line is there. But as far as the, Bruins the third minus game today, Bruins minus 115, Lightning minus 105. Yeah, I think he's just going to stick with his series bet. I have the pre-flop series bet on the, on the Bruins as well. I would not be inclined to bet today's game, especially on a back-to-back, with my series price in pocket. So I'm, I would stay away there. I agree as with you. As far as the third – yeah, the third game is – I mean, really, this is the most interesting because, you know, when he – by the way, he is Andy McNeil, who's been on my show lots of times here during the bubble. Yep. When you talk about the three best teams in hockey, he's got them as the uh, the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Avalanche. Those are the three best teams in hockey for his his ratings. Obviously, the Bruins are playing the Lightning. Well, the Avalanche are down in a two nothing hole to a team in the Stars that he had and we had in the first round of the playoffs, and obviously the Stars advance. The Stars come out and they just like, you know, already they've got the avalanche in a hole. So, you know, the question is, how do you bet if you do bet at all this series moving forward? And I think there's a couple ways to bet this. One, the adjusted series price on the avalanche right now is at about, was it plus? I'm doing this all off memory. What was, I think it was plus 135, plus 150. I can't remember exactly. Somewhere in that pocket. You could consider a bet on the Avalanche there if you still believe in those full season numbers, which I still think is the best thing to do. I would trust his numbers. Um, on the other hand, do you bet the Avalanche in this one game as well as these, these proverbial must-win situation back against the wall, pick your cliche, does that really mean anything? Um, I would be more inclined to bet the Avalanche on the series price than anything at this point. Um, I just think the stars have been really one of the uh, the surprises of this uh, playoffs for sure. I think the Islanders will qualify as that as well to this point. But I think that's how I would bet it moving forward. The Avalanche adjusted price rather than bet anything for this game specifically. Though I will tell you the number that he said he would bet on the Avalanche in this game would be minus 135. Minus 140 maybe, but minus 135 ideally. Yeah, right now today it is Avalanche minus 135. It's just hard for me uh, to look at this Avalanche team. You know, I really did like them going into this uh, going into this bubble. But, you know, with Grubauer out, I mean, they do have a very capable backup at Franco, but Grubauer being out is a big deal for them, I think. Uh, you know, he's kind of the focal point of that defense. He's a fantastic young goalie. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be out again. He's got that injury. Uh, he hasn't been able to really practice from what I've heard. So he's going to probably be out for the rest of the series. Um, but you know, this Dallas stars team, you know, I had them both in game one and game two. So, uh, I think that, you know, one of your, one of your boys over at VEASAN, you know, I believe if my memory serves me correctly, you know, Mike Palm was, you know, Back in, the, back in the beginning of the season and even through kind of the first few weeks, even when Dallas was getting off to a slow start, he was saying that this is a, really, uh, this is a team to really be reckoned with. I mean, they're a fantastic team. And, um, you know, right now Ben Bishop is not playing as well. Uh, he's unfit to play, so they say. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going on, but he's unfit to play. But Kadobin's really been doing a great job in net in backup for him. So 
It's, it's going to be a tough game to handicap. Do I think that I would bet the Stars today? No, I'm not racing to bet them. The only thing that I'm really looking at today in hockey is the Flyers at minus 110. Uh, Gil, any, uh, I know you told me you had maybe one baseball pick. You want to give it out to the listeners before we uh, jump off here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, if people can stomach a bet like this, but I will tell you, I bet the San Francisco Giants yesterday against the Dodgers. That ended up working out in the 11th inning. Giants win 10-8. They were plus 180 dogs. Today, the Giants are plus 220 dogs against Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. I'm on the Giants again. Uh, and um, there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to read too much into a small sample size of a baseball season with advanced stats. But Clayton Kershaw, period, is not the pitcher that he once was. And the one stat I can rely on, even with a small sample size, is his velocity. And his velocity is down to about, and his fastball is about 92 miles an hour. He needs a, a, a bigger difference in, in speed differences, uh, I should say, between pitches. Uh, he needs a, big, a bigger gap between his uh, velo on both of those, on, on fastballs and uh, off-speed pitches. I think the Giants have a sneaky good lineup at the top. They showed that last night when Longoria and Belt are on. You throw in Yastrzemski and Solano, and that's a really good lineup at the top. Um, I just don't think in any world – by the way, Kevin Gaussman, who's pitching for the Giants, the opposite of, 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 of uh, what I said about Kershaw is true. The advanced stats, even in a small sample size, really look good. He's a better pitcher than he has shown early on in this season. Kershaw is a worse pitcher than he has shown, and Kershaw really hasn't faced anybody uh, of late in the Angels and the uh, Mariners. Did face the Giants before, and the Giants actually got to him. So give me plus 220 on the Giants. That's just a bet you have to be willing to make. Um, you, you, you know, look, plus 220, even with the edge you have, you can't expect to win that game. But the way that you bet baseball and the way that you should be betting everything is if you have positive expected value. And I think we have a lot of that with the Giants. Gil, uh, it, that's a really interesting point you bring up about the Giants because uh, I made some sick live bets last night. Um, I had I, when the Giants were down six to four, I bet the Giants at plus two and a half runs minus 125. And I also took them to win live when they were down six to four at three to one, just over three to one. So worked out, worked out for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to bet it pre-flop and for some reason I'm, I must've had a brain fart. So many things going on here down, you know, I'm down here in Mexico, all the me listeners know. So uh, it was dinner or whatever. I don't even know watching other games. But, yeah, I took them live when they were down 6-4. I really agree with you 100%. This lineup is super, super sneaky good for the Giants. And, you know, like you said, Kershaw struggled against the Giants last time out. I really like this pick that you're giving out today. I really – I'm on board with it. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the well. Giants. Giants plus 220. Giants are the play. All right, uh, Gil, everyone can find you on uh, Twitter, right? And that is at Beating the Book. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. That is also the name of the podcast. Absolutely, guys. Well, Gil, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go give Gil a follow at Beating the Book on Twitter. I'm at Iris Silver Magic. Follow along for Plays of the Day, Live Bets, etc. We are a hoopball presentation. That's hoop-ball.com. We're also at Hoopball Gaming. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Gil, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Thank you, Ira. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bye-bye.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.